Hello, beloved members of the interior therapist community. I am Peter Malinowski, clinical psychologist, and welcome to episode nine of the Many Parts One Love podcast. This is our premium podcast here in the interior therapist community, the ITC, especially for those of you in our advanced groups, those preparation for transcendence groups. Now, in the last episode, episode eight, we discussed how yourself can be the bridge between your own parts and God. In this episode, in episode nine, we're going to discuss how yourself and your parts can be a bridge between God and the parts of another person. Now, we're going to start as we usually do with a conceptual piece. We'll be laying out how this looks conceptually, and then we'll move to an experiential exercise. For those of you in the Preparation for Transcendence groups, in session nine, we're going to take it much, much further. Quick scripture quote, Mark 12, 28 to 31. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked Jesus, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. In this episode, we are discussing loving your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? What does that mean? We just heard that you are to love God with all your being, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, I am to love my whole neighbor with my whole self. I am to love all of my neighbor with all of myself. Not just to love the desirable parts of my neighbor, not just loving the gratifying parts of my neighbor, all of my neighbor, all of my neighbor's parts. And to love all of my neighbor's parts with all of me, with all of my parts. This is what we are aspiring to. God loves with all of himself, nothing left out, nothing left behind. So in this, we are just imitating God. So what does it look like? Now, I'm going to stretch an analogy here. Now, all analogies limp, and I'm going to stretch one here. Remember the analogy that Richard Schwartz uses to describe the unity and multiplicity of a person. He uses that imagery of an orchestra right? The orchestra with the conductor and the musicians, the conductor as the self, the musicians as the parts. Now I want to change it up a bit. I want to use the image of a jazz band rather than an orchestra. And you'll see why in a minute. Now jazz bands, they have definite leaders. Those leaders also play an instrument, right? But the other musicians all cue off of the leader. The leader leads and guides the entire jazz band, in some ways like the conductor of an orchestra. The musicians 
in a jazz band. They're roughly parallel to the musicians in an orchestra for these purposes, but there are some important differences. One of the really unique characteristics of jazz, one of the things that defines jazz, is the use of improvisation. There is this spontaneity among the musicians in a jazz ensemble, in a jazz band. In other words, there's this latitude for different musicians to go off on riffs, to improvise, to spontaneously generate something unexpected, something surprising. There's this room for creativity. There's this room for collaboration. There is this, there's this way that musicians can work together towards something really beautiful, something that's open, something that isn't all contained and scripted out like the score of an orchestra's music. And so I like that because I think it reflects more accurately how our parts can collaborate with each other and with the self all under the leadership and guidance of the self. So musicians within a jazz band can take initiative within the ordered movement of the music. And so there's this model of musicians connecting with the melodies, harmonizing with them, still being led by the jazz band leader, but also having lots of initiative as long as they're in tune with the whole jazz band system. So I want you to imagine yourself as a well-tuned jazz band, Beautiful music, surprises, spontaneity, initiative, harmony, cooperation, parts listening to each other and listening to the jazz band leader, parts with a lot of familiarity with each other, having played together for a long time with intimacy and friendship and collaboration and cooperation. There's a lot more form and structure than meets the eye or the ear from outside the jazz band. A lot of times people new to jazz are slow to pick up the subtleties about how the musicians are working together. There's a lot of sort of intuition, a lot of subtle communication that goes on among the members of a jazz band. And all of the jazz band members are necessary, but not all are necessarily active in a given moment. You can have solos, you can have two or three simply working together in a given moment. I want you to imagine yourself, you as a well-functioning jazz band. Now, I'm also going to invite you to see another person as a jazz band. And in this jazz band, there are some issues. There are some, some complications. We've got some distressed musicians. We've got musicians clamoring to be seen, heard, known, and understood. We have musicians with unmet needs. The jazz band leader may be somewhat incapacitated, occluded, or suppressed by one or more of the musicians. Each musician is trying to strike out on his or her own, doing what he or she sees as best with limited vision, with a misunderstanding of other members of that jazz ensemble, leading to polarizations, leading to infighting. So what that results in, as you can imagine, is a cacophony of disharmony. The music isn't really music. It's noise. It's loud. It's painful to listen to. Lots of disorder. So I'm going to imagine that you have your relatively well-ordered jazz band in the same room as this disordered jazz band representing 
you and the other person. Now, imagine that all of your parts, all your musicians in your jazz band have what they need, right? Yourself is leading and guiding your system. Yourself is the jazz band leader with beautiful music. They're the parts with secure attachment to you as self, right? Your parts feel safe. They feel protected. They feel seen, heard, known, and understood. They feel comforted, soothed, and reassured. They have a deep sense of being rejoiced in, of being delighted in, and a sense that you as the self seek their highest good. No parts left behind, no parts abandoned, all parts included, all parts welcomed, right? There is a definite sense that you as the self are leading and guiding your system. You as the jazz band leader of your jazz band are leading the music, but not forcing anything, not controlling parts, not suppressing them, but leading with gentleness and kindness and love, right? And so because of that kind leadership, because of that gentle leadership, because of those eight C's, your jazz musicians can connect with each other. They can collaborate with each other. They can make that music together. They can enjoy each other. There's friendship among your parts and long familiarity. Now, I'm also going to invite you to imagine that these two jazz bands, you and your neighbor's jazz band, are playing on two different bands of sound frequencies, two different bands of sound frequencies. So the music doesn't really overlap because they're in two different bandwidths, right? This is where I'm stretching it a little bit, perhaps. But I'm going to also invite you to imagine that you as self and the jazz leader of your neighbor could sit next to each other, right? That you could be near, separate but near, with this other jazz band leader. That you could be a comforting presence as self, as a jazz band leader, to your neighbor's jazz band leader, even if that other jazz band leader isn't yet free, isn't yet unblended from the jazz band musicians in your neighbor's system. And self is pulling for self in this teleological way. You, your presence is starting to, to draw the presence of your neighbor's self. And we're talking here really about the straddle, right? Where you as self can be present to your own musicians, to your own parts, but also to be present to your neighbor's self and to your neighbor's parts, your neighbor's jazz musicians. So I'm going to take this to the next level. I want you to imagine your parts in this jazz band, your drummer, your piano player, your guitarist, your bass player, your trumpeter, your saxophone player, maybe a clarinet, maybe there's a trombone or a flute. Imagine each of your musicians sitting next to or near your neighbor's musicians, counterparts to counterparts, right? So in other words, your piano player near your neighbor's pianist, your bass player next to your neighbor's bassist, your saxophonist near your neighbor's sax player, and so on, right? All your parts being separate from your neighbor's parts, but near. So there's no loss of identity here. There's no fusion. Your jazz band is still playing its own music, right? On this whole different frequency bandwidth from your neighbors. And to see in your mind's eye 
that at least to some degree, your neighbor can hear your music. Maybe some parts of your neighbor, some musicians are picking up more than others on your music, but there's a presence here. There's a being with, there's an understanding that happens between parts. In other words, from your trumpeter to your neighbor's trumpeter, from your guitarist to your neighbor's guitarist, from your drummer to your neighbor's drummer, there's a commonality there, a commonality because of the similarity of the roles or maybe the former roles or what it's like to be a drummer or a trumpeter or a guitarist. So your parts, your jazz musicians have this deep sense of being indispensable. Your musicians, each one of them is uniquely suited to connect with their counterparts in another person's system. All the time they're participating in your own music but they can also be, if they're, if they're led and guided by yourself, they can be available in unique ways that other parts of you can't be and that even yourself can't be to their counterparts in the other person's system, in the other person's jazz ensemble, right? Musician to musician. So it's not just yourself loving your neighbor's self. It's not just your self-loving your neighbor's parts, but it's all of you. It's all of your parts. And in fact, your self-led parts can love your neighbor's parts in ways that yourself can't do alone. Your self-led parts can love your neighbor's parts in ways that yourself can't do alone. You just, just imagine, right? Just imagine if just your jazz band leader, just yourself, is with your neighbor's jazz band leader, just your neighbor's self, and there weren't any parts involved. Imagine how much music would have to be left out. This is why recollection, integration, why collaboration among our parts under the leadership of the self. That's why being in self, that's why natural recollection is so important in loving others. Being in self empowers us, enables us in all of our parts to participate in the loving of others, to be a part of the love. There isn't any part of us that's just dispensable when it comes to loving others. There isn't just certain parts of us that are involved in loving or that are called to love. Remember, we are to love with our whole heart and our whole soul and with our whole mind and with all our strength, not just with available bits of us, right? And as that love increases, as more and more of us as more and more of our parts are integrated, we are going to be able to love with a greater and greater capacity. And more than that, when our system is playing that jazz music, there's something else that comes in. As our love increases, grace permeates our music. It's more than just in the natural realm now. There's a beauty and a richness and a spirit that comes into our music, grace comes in, the presence of God comes in, and amazing things can happen. Now, 
a reassurance here, really important. This does not need to be anything like perfect to be hugely helpful. Love does not need to be anything like perfect in order to have a transformative effect. We are all going to love imperfectly. We are all going to sound notes that are flat or sharp. We're all going to miss the beat. We're all going to have issues in our, in our musicians. No jazz band ensemble is perfect. Neither are our approaches to loving one another. The main thing is that we try, that we will to love, that we seek to love. And if we seek to love, we will find ways to love better and better. All right, so that wraps it for the conceptual part of this. Let's go ahead and do an exercise, an experiential exercise. And I'm going to continue with this analogy of the jazz band. You as a jazz band. Now, this may really, really resonate for some of you and others. The jazz band imagery just doesn't work for you. And that's okay. If the jazz band imagery doesn't work for you, there is no law, natural or divine or civic or canonical that says you have to resonate with this exercise, right? Um, but for some of you, you might really be seeing that jazz band analogy. And I'm going to invite you to take again what's helpful. I'm going to invite you to modify anything that I'm offering you to help it be more and more relevant to your own inner work. So take what's helpful, leave what's not helpful, and we'll continue on into this exercise. And so I'm going to invite you to bring to mind someone you want to love. Someone you want to love. This could be someone who is difficult for you to love, right? We can start there. Or it could be somebody that you know that you need to love better. You have a sense that you are called to love in a deeper way. And just take a moment to kind of notice what may come up around loving that person. And so to start, I'm just going to invite you to see or experience or sense your own parts. I'm going to invite you to just have an image or something that reminds you of that person in the room. We're not approaching the other person yet. We're just noticing what gets activated when we consider loving that person. Which of our parts starts having a hard time? Which of our parts gets activated? Which of our parts gets anxious? Which of our parts might lead us to avoid? Which of our parts need care? Just going to invite you to notice what happens in your own body when you think about loving this target person. I'm going to refer to the one you're trying to love as the target person.
What do you notice? How is the music going right now for you? Maybe you can see or hear or sense which of your parts are playing which instruments. Who is your piano player, your trumpeter? Who is playing the sax? Who's on the drums for you? Who's on the guitar? Is the music off? Who's having trouble harmonizing? Where are the difficulties in considering loving your target person? Really tending to loving your parts first. And if it's, if it's helpful, if it's acceptable, if it's feeling right to be a bridge between your parts and God, this is a great time potentially to to bring them into relationship. You mediating between your parts and our Lord Jesus or the Blessed Virgin Mary or God the Father or the Holy Spirit or maybe a saint. So much goes into getting ready to love our neighbor. And if we love ourselves, 
if we care for ourselves, for our drummer and our guitarist, and for our saxophone player, they're going to be so much better able to pass that love on, to reflect that love on to their counterparts in someone else's system, in our target person's system. If you're really in tune and loving your own parts and you as self and your parts are really in tune and loving your neighbor with their parts, their jazz band leader and their musicians, God's going to be present there. Even if we don't name him because God is love, even if we don't bring his name up, he's still there. the grace flowing through the music. And I'm just going to invite you maybe to notice one part, one musician. Maybe it's a part that you know, a musician you know, in your target person's jazz ensemble. Just to imagine that part, to bring that part to life within your imagination. And then to see which part of you most corresponds to your target person's musician, the one you've chosen. Guitarist to guitarist or trumpeter to trumpeter. And to be with your part as you consider your target person's part. And this may be a part that's difficult to love. Maybe there's a way that you and your corresponding part, your counterpart, can connect. Because the self doesn't have to do this all alone. I don't think the self is supposed to do it all alone. To be really open 
to the insights that your musician, your trumpeter has about your target person's trumpeter. What resonances might be there between those two trumpeter parts or whatever parts are counterparts between you and your target person. How can that part help you to understand your target person better, especially at the level of his or her parts, especially at the level of his or her most challenging parts for your system? And you're welcome to pause this or to work through this exercise again with other parts as each of your parts connects and corresponds with each of your target person's parts that understanding can become more complete. As you bring more and more of you, more and more of your parts, more of more, more and more of your musicians into loving and understanding your target person, the music gets deeper and richer, more and more beautiful. And so I just encourage you, if it's helpful, to continue to work with this model of jazz bands. A lot of gratitude to your parts for the space they're giving you and for their cooperation and their collaboration, for their indispensable contributions to your music. Your music is a gift, a gift not only to you and your parts, but to everyone else, to me. And so I thank you for the gift of your music. And I thank you. And I thank you and each of your musicians, as well as your jazz band leader. And with that, I will bid you adieu. And we'll close by invoking 
our patroness and our patron, Our Lady, Our Mother, Untire of Knots, pray for us, St. John the Baptist, pray for us.